THE SURGE EPISODE 2 SUPPLY RUN They need supplies. Everyone knows it. The surge happened long enough ago that they're running low, but not so long ago that the ranch is able to operate in a self-sustaining manner, despite their best efforts. It's time to send out scavenging parties. Rory can tell just by the way the adults in charge are acting. It's almost as if they're preparing for war, the way they're running around assigning people to teams. Rory, you'll be headed out with Carter and Naomi, her mother says as she pauses beside her, just long enough for Rory to acknowledge her before moving on. Naomi's cool, Rory thinks. She's quiet and easy to work with. It's Carter that she's worried about. Carter Fowler was, well... He was part of one of the many families that took refuge at the ranch when the surge hit them. At first, Rory hadn't noticed them, not that it would have made much of a difference if she had. It just would have been nice to know so that it wouldn't catch her off guard later. It wasn't exactly a pleasant realization. Rory's parents and grandparents had, of course, offered him and his family a place to stay at the ranch. It had once been a vacation spot very similar to a mountain lodge, Except it was set in the hills outside the city, allowing people to experience country life without making the commitment. Her grandparents had owned and run it since before she was born, and her parents had been in line to take it over soon. It had become its own community after the search. Some people stayed and some went. Occasionally, they came back. Other times, new people arrived. To Rory's dismay, Ivory Burdine, Lindy Cadella, and the Fowler family had become as permanent residents as Rory's own family had. Rory jumps when there's a sudden loud, dramatic sigh next to her. Carter slings an arm around her shoulder. He ignores her when she ducks out from under it. Why do we even bother with supply runs anymore? He asks. Because we're not self-sufficient yet, she mutters as she scoops up her bag and clips the belts around her waist. Before she sets off to retrieve her parka from her room, she half turns to look at him from over her shoulder. Be ready to go. Soon. They're sent to what used to be an old wholesale warehouse. Rory and Naomi take turns pushing one of the many grocery carts that the ranch had hijacked while Carter strolls ahead of them, his hands in his pockets. He hasn't offered to take charge of the cart once, despite being the only one who is unarmed. Naomi carries a machete, one her parents had swiped from a hardware store when the news of the surge began to spread. Rory, per usual, carries her bow and her large hunting knife. The bow had been a gift from her grandfather after he taught her to use his when she'd been younger. She'd kept her bow pristine, kept up her practices, and even joined an archery club. And, well, obviously it was a good thing she did. But she needs both hands, which was impossible with the cart. Hey, she snaps, resisting the urge to ram the cart into the backs of Carter's knees. You want to take a turn with this, maybe? He sighs, like he's put out that he's been asked to contribute, and moves to take the handlebar from her. Anything for you, babe, he says in that fake sugary sweet voice, leaning in as if he's going to kiss her on the cheek. She ducks away neatly. Save it for Lindy, she snaps, pulling her bow from the cart and knocking an arrow. It wasn't meant to be a threat, just a precaution, but Carter seems to take it as one and backs off. Naomi catches Rory's eyes and rolls her own. Carter ignores her, same as always. The town is eerie. 
It's mostly deserted, save for the few buildings that are being used for shelter. A few have become settlements, like the ranch, but they rarely stay in one place long. Most others were camped out on the streets in tents. It makes Rory nervous. Unless they find shelter, they'll die if the weather changes. They try to offer help. They tell them about the ranch, where they'd be able to take refuge, and at least stay for a while. Every one of them refuses. Most chase them away. Too proud to accept help, Carter mutters as they leave one particularly stubborn man behind. He doesn't exactly keep his voice low. Serves him right if he dies. Knock it off, Naomi hisses before Rory can respond. It's too late, though, and the man erupts in enraged shouting and charges after them. Carter cowers. Rory and Naomi react, already conditioned to expect this reaction. Naomi's blade is in her hand, and Rory raises her bow. I'd stop there. The man skids to a stop, his own small knife in hand. Tired, bloodshot eyes flicker between them, contemplating. Rory can almost see the thoughts scrolling across his face, debating if this fight is really worth it. Rory knows the feeling. She keeps her back straight, her arm extended, shoulders perpendicular to her target. Elbow drawn back and straight, the tip of her pointer finger touching the corner of her lip. Grips the bow tighter to keep her shaking hands and pounding heart hidden. She'll shoot if she has to, but she won't be happy about it. The man glares over their shoulders and points his knife at Carter. You better hope I don't catch you alone, kid. And turns to limp back to his settlement. Naomi spins to face Carter. Go! Now, and keep your mouth shut. You can't force them to come with us, and if you keep running your mouth, you're just going to get us all killed. He still looks shaken, but he only waves her off, rolling his eyes. He's still muttering under his breath, but at least they can barely hear him now. Naomi looks ready to charge him herself, but Rory reaches out to stop her. There's nothing they can do about him, either. By the time they reach their destination, Carter's passed the cart back to Naomi and has resumed his former policy of refusing to push. His complaints have risen in volume again, ranging from everything from his shoes to their living conditions. Rory's so fed up with him that she doesn't even bother to restrain herself again. Really, she's impressed she resisted as long as she did without Alana there to keep her calm. She grabs him by the front of his shirt and yanks him close, so her face is level with his. He's startled enough to stop complaining, at least. You, she hisses, making no effort to keep the anger out of her voice, are going to take the cart the whole way back to the ranch, without complaining or provoking anyone. Got it? His mouth hangs open like he's trying to speak, but the words aren't coming. Finally, he just nods, and Rory lets him go. He wanders off, and she counts it as a win that he doesn't resume muttering immediately. Naomi eyes her with a look of impressed respect. I think that's the first time I've seen you stand up to him. She shrugs, uncomfortable. There's a reason she doesn't. Maybe. He sure acts like it. But we've known each other for a long time, so it's possible that it's not. She looks like she wants to say more, but something nearby clatters to the ground, and it sets them all on high alert. Naomi shoves the card at Carter and draws the machete from its holster at her hip. Rory draws her still-knocked arrow back again. They wait. Nothing, or no one, comes at them. Rory takes a slow step back. Naomi and Carter both mirror her. 
Let's go, she says, and they back into the abandoned building as one. They don't find much at first, but then they didn't really plan to. Most of the stores had been cleared out before the search even reached them. Of all things, toilet paper had disappeared first, followed closely by bottled water and canned food. Then the fresh food went, and then medicine and first aid. Finally, the weapons and ammunition began to go when the panic got worse. Rory still finds herself thankful that her grandfather was both a prepper and an overbuyer. Even a few years later, the ranch was still fairly well-stocked. Her mother had been the one to think about raiding the home improvement stores to supplement the plants and seeds that her grandmother already had. The ones that they grew in the greenhouse now all came from that supply. They'd known it wasn't going to be easy from then out. The supply runs were more like, let's see what materials we can recover and recycle runs. But sometimes they got lucky and found some valuable food supply that hadn't already been picked over. Today, for example, when Rory scaled one of the old storage shelves to get to the sheets of plastic that they had used to cover pallets of food, she found an entire untouched pallet full of large canisters of salt. Salt! It was a precious commodity, rationed strictly because they hadn't found any way to replace what they'd used yet. They could use it for their food, to preserve what they couldn't eat, and even trade with it. Rory wraps an arm around the shelf support and fumbles for her whistle, blowing three sharp bursts. Their agreed code for come here now. One long one meant immediate danger. Five was an alert to potential danger. Two had Carter and Naomi running immediately as Rory scrambled down as quickly as was safe. What? What? Carter demands, wielding a broken chair leg like a club. Rory is too out of breath and excited to find it funny. Get me a burlap. Bring the cart. Grab a second one. We're going to need it. She doesn't tell them what she found, but not out of spite. More because she wants to see their faces when they see it for themselves. They rig a pulley system. A piece of rope strung through the notches in the shelves, the eye holes in the bags, and the grid of the cart basket. Rory climbs the shelf again and loads the first bag. Whoa, Naomi gasps when she opens the bag. Carter is wide-eyed beside her. I know, is all Rory can manage to say. Slowly, they move their precious cargo until there isn't any more room in the carts. Naomi calls up to Rory, and she throws a few more into the last burlap and climbs down. They untie the knot in the rope, gather their supplies, and divide their spoils. The widely accepted policy of the ranch when someone finds something as precious as this is that they get to keep a share. A few years ago, Rory would have laughed if she had been told she'd be excited over getting a 24-ounce canister of salt. Now she's already imagining what exactly her portion of their score would be able to buy her. Food? Supplies? Favors? By the time they start to leave, they've arranged the rest of their haul. A few old crates and pallets, tarps, twine, and of course the plastic sheeting, to hide their spoils. The temperature's dropping, which makes Rory glad that she grabbed her woolen gloves from the supply pack hidden under her parka when she'd stowed her part of the salt. As they start to leave, she pulls them on under the leather ones that she normally wears. They move quickly through the town now, avoiding making stops this time for two reasons. Because people tend to be more dangerous when they think you have something they want, and because the temperature is dropping rapidly.
All of them are prepared for the cold, having dug out their ski masks and goggles, and wearing them under scarves and the hoods of their parkas. But even those won't do them much good if the temperature drops too far too quickly. They need to get back to the ranch as fast as possible. They've bound the two carts together, with Carter pushing it from behind while Naomi guides it from the front, her machete in her other hand. Rory follows behind, arrow knocked and bow drawn, ready, but no one approaches. There are people waiting at the gate when they arrive, helping them pull the carts into the garage. She recognizes her father in the group, in charge of inventory. Look, look, she says as soon as she's pulled her mask away from her face. Carter and Naomi move to pull the other supplies out of the way so that he can see the salt. Oh, wow, he mutters. You found this? An entire pallet, completely untouched, Carter says, puffing out his chest, looking like he's about to keep talking, and Rory thinks she knows exactly what he's about to say. Rory climbed the shelves to get it, Naomi says, crossing her arms. Carter glares at her, and Rory can't figure out whether or not she's grateful or embarrassed when her father turns to look at her with one eyebrow raised. They go through the motions, showing that each of them only took one canister of salt, and her father waves them off. Go warm up. We'll take care of this. Rory tries not to feel indignant at the dismissal, like they're still too young to be included, but she follows Naomi towards the internal door anyway. It bursts open before they reach it. Sir, the man on the other side says, his face grim, you might want to see this. This has been episode two of The Surge, Supply Run, written, edited, and read for you by Kim. This podcast will update again on the 19th of June, and in this next episode, we will see what happens when the residents of the ranch are trapped inside because of a storm and get a little bit more insight into the relationships between Rory and the other characters that she lives with. I hope you tune in again. Goodbye.